Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm Steph Corker, and joining me today is a very dear friend from Toronto, who I had the pleasure of, I think, interviewing back in the Lululemon days. Cynthia is now the general manager of SoulCycle across Canada, and on a recent trip to Vancouver, I had the pleasure of jamming with her and left so dang inspired. I pleaded her to say, please, come on Uncorked. There are really cool things to learn about SoulCycle and way cooler things to learn about the life of adventure and sweat and plants that, that is Cynthia. So without further ado, welcome to our show, Cynthia. Hi, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, heck, let's just dive in, shall we? Sounds good. Okay. So I mentioned that you uh, have recently, well, not so recently, left Lululemon and have joined SoulCycle as the general manager for the Canadian studios. And you were sharing with me a little bit about the, the history of SoulCycle. And I think that's really fascinating. Can you tell us when SoulCycle started and what has been the journey from sort of present or from their first day to present day? Yeah, so they opened their first studio in 2006 in New York, um, and then over the last 12 years have grown to um, an amazing fleet of 92 studios that um, truly, truly do change people's lives. Um, the soul of Soul Cycle is there for a reason. Um, it lifts people up, it changes their life, it gives them the soul, the love, the connection, the community. Um, that they are looking for, that they want, um, and truly does um, fuel me because it's what I love most about people, community, um, spending time with people, and of course, sweat. Yeah, sweat. Whenever I think of you, I think sweat. I think you were into lifting heavy things the first time we met, and that has obviously transitioned. Were you a Soul Cycle rider before joining Soul Cycle? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely equal opportunity. The great thing about women <laughs> is you, you ride, you lift, you practice, you run, you swim, you do a little bit of everything. And SoulCycle is definitely part of that um, weekly repertoire. Amazing. And uh, I mean, this might be an unfair question. When you think of your life that was really yoga-centric and now it's much more riding-centric, what would you say has been the biggest adjustment or um or change from working with once upon a time a lot of yogis to cyclists um I think the only thing that's truly different is just the um the type of sweat the people are not different and what people are looking for which is connection spending time together losing losing themselves for an hour or 45 minutes it's the same whether it's yoga it's uh indoor cycling studio it's going out on a track and running or running in nature on the trails it's um i think that there's really no difference in that just the way that we're doing it Amazing. I think that's the perfect segue because what we were chatting with over juice in Vancouver was, I think it was actually just on the, um, the foray before you were off to some of these incredible trails of, of British Columbia and you were off to run what felt like too many kilometers in one day with your husband, which I think is incredible. Um, and it really began with you, with your story of 
uh, dare I say, transformation by accident back in 2016. How did that all come to be? Um, so I've loved yoga my entire life, or adult life, I should say. Um, I found yoga 15 years ago, religiously kept it in my, you know, weekly, once a week, need to get my yoga class in. Um, and then had done a few yoga challenges over the years, but then in 2016, I challenged my husband to a 30 day yoga challenge, um, which originally was absolutely not. Um, and I was like, okay, that's great. I'm going to do one. Um, and he quickly came on board and we did a 30 day yoga challenge. Wait, pause there. Let's pause. So he went from absolutely not to like, turn a corner and I'll meet you on the mat for 30 days in a row? Uh, Yeah. And what I'm also learning is that every no with my husband can quickly turn into a yes. Okay, let's go there. This is very exciting. How how do you get your husband to go from a no to a yes? I think that, um, so I have a motto. And I, and I follow it with my husband um, in my work life, with my dogs, with my child, is that I believe if you pressure people to do things that they don't want to do, if you make them feel guilty that they should do things, they won't do them. And they actually work in the opposite. And if you respect their decisions and you give them time to settle with what you've requested, what you've asked, or what you've put on the table, um, they often become more open and can make the choice for themselves. All right. So you might live in a world of no's that quickly become many yeses. I, I feel like they do. And I'm not, I haven't quite figured out the secret sauce to that yet. It's, you know, maybe the like hopeful vibes I'm putting out every day, but it's, it's been working for me. I love it. Okay. So no went to yes. He joins you for 30 days in a row as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard. There's no doubt about it. We're, we have a very busy life, you know, as right. all people do, it's fall. I don't love using the word busy. I, I tend to enjoy fall more. Um, you know, we have two careers at that time, a 16 year old child, three dogs. Um, it's fall. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're in Toronto where you're commuting an hour each way to work typically. Yeah. Trains, delays, traffic. The That's real. It's yes. real. That's real. And would, just to qualify for this yoga challenge, did you always go to a studio? I went to a studio 90% of the time. And there was a few times during, I travel a lot for work where there are plane delays or things that happen. And I've practiced on my very, very tiny um, room in a hotel. And once in a Mm, hostile type environment. Um, but I've made it happen. <laughs> Got it. And did you and your husband do every one of these classes together? 90%. Okay, cool. 90% of all of our classes were done together. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And then what happened on day 30 of your yoga challenge? Day 30, a instructor that I practiced with and have for many years challenged me to do 60 days with her. Um, at which point I just automatically answered yes, which is what I do when it comes to anything that has to do with yoga, sweat, working out, going for a run. It's, you can pretty much guarantee I'm going to say yes. Um, my husband immediately shared with me afterwards 
as we walked out of the studio, basically telling me I was crazy <laughs> and that we were going into the busiest season. It's holiday. You're going into just finishing Black Friday, going into December. It's, it's crazy. That's the reality. You travel a lot for work. Um, and I was like, it will make me more grounded. It'll be amazing. Um, and somehow he woke up the next morning ready to come on board with me. <laughs> and then off we went to 60 days, including finding a studio open on Christmas Day to get our class in, get our practice in before we went to family dinner. Amazing. Okay. So 60 days. And then? And then every year on December 31st, I, so I firmly believe that you have to put all your goals out there or you are not as likely to actually follow through. I truly believe that. So on December 31st, every year, um, for the last few years, I post on Instagram what I've achieved, what I haven't. Um, I'm really honest about the ones I didn't get to, didn't meet. And then on January 1st, I post my goals for the following year. So on 2017, my Instagram post was that I would do 300, I would do yoga 365 times. Didn't talk to anybody about it, did not talk to my husband, and he literally looked at me like, like, what is this? <laughs> Fair. Um, and there we were. We, that year, we practiced in Nicaragua. I practiced in the Dominican in a hostel while I was running a spay and neuter clinic. Um, we, we had to practice, uh, mindful meditation practice yoga on Mount Kilimanjaro in the freezing cold because I had to make it happen. I put a goal out there for myself and we had to make it happen. Incredible. And did he come along with you for this journey? He did come along with me for this journey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, we learned that you need to incorporate more yin. I can't mm -hmm. always it can't always be hot sometimes it needs to be mindful sometimes it needs to be you know an all-out almost shavasana style meditation mm. uh, variety is the key yeah and the, the body needs it yeah right on well this was only the beginning because i mean 365 30 days of yoga i find to be astonishing incredible 60 days is remarkable and 365 days of yoga Wherever you are in the world, as you say, traveling and sitting in traffic just blows my mind. I think that's so incredible. And the consistency and the discipline, it's just so freaking sexy. Way to go. <laughs> and, and I also... As you say, I'm not sure it was sexy with like nine layers of clothes in a tent minus 30 on, you know, at 18,000 feet, but we got it done. No, it's sexy at 18,000 feet. And it's sexy at 18,000 feet because the thing that I think about is everything you had to say no to, to make that happen. And the commitment of, of your practice meant there were other things in your life that you couldn't say yes to, or you were choosing to say no to. And I think that's just, that's super powerful. And I have a ton of respect for, for beautiful no's in this world, in this lifetime. Um, but speaking of, let's say, yeses, uh, you did yoga and your husband started to say yes. And it also sounded like it, it you know, spiraled into some other really cool changes in your life and in his life for that matter. Um, yeah, I, so 60 days into our 
yoga challenge following into the new year, um, Lululemon partnered with Strava to do a 40 or 80K challenge. And you had to do it in a certain amount of time. And being an RM at Lululemon, I, I believe I had to leave it by example. And I picked the 80K challenge. This is um, running. This is running. Running over how, uh, what period of time? So most people got um, from you know, the exact days actually like have slipped my memory at this time, but you had somewhere around two weeks to get your, um, challenge done. Okay. Um, but we only actually had 10 days because we were leaving Nicaragua and we were going to have no access to Wi-Fi. We were actually going on a discount. No access to Wi-Fi, staying at a farm to table type, not a resort, tree houses with no hot water. And I'm like, we have to get it done. And that meant 8K every morning in minus 20 in the sleep. It's Toronto, no matter what. No matter what time you have to be at work, no matter what time you have to be in the car, catch the train. Um, and he was like, I'm, I'm not a runner. I'm not down with doing this for you. And I was like, that's fine. I'm doing this no matter what. I'm like, great, have fun, sweetheart. The first day that I have to do it, no word of a lie, it's minus 22. I got to go outside at 5.30 a.m. in the pitch black. It's cold. It's dark. I'm not happy. I don't even know what to wear. I'm like just not happy about this. Um, and somewhere in that, just, I mean, honestly, it's sheer love for the person. He was like, I just, I couldn't watch you do this by yourself. Oh, so God. He was upstairs, got dressed. Someone who's never run in the cold, barely ever run ever ever i mean our first 10k together literally i thought i was dragging him along um and we ran the 80k and then we flew to nicaragua and he's been hooked on running ever since gosh i have goosebumps hearing this and i have goosebumps because you it's not that you wanted to run so badly you were doing this as an example for a team you were doing this in like sheer commitment because you had another adventure plan that wouldn't allow you to, rec I mean, you could have still run in Nicaragua. You just couldn't have updated it to Strava. And then to see this, I mean, you're changing this sweet human's life that you had no intent on changing. You didn't marry this man to say, I want to change you and make you a yogi and a runner. And this is just mind blowing. Okay. Now, now continue on because one story that I really need our friends to hear is, is your half marathon. When did that come into play? Your couple's half marathon. Our couple's half marathon. So January was his introduction to running. We ran the Lululemon 10K in June, which also his first race ever, like left me in the dust. I like almost, it's almost embarrassing at this point. I, I got to deal with some demons on like my, my inability to keep up with someone who'd only been running for six months. Um, and then he decides that he loves it and he wants to try and train for a half marathon. So off we spend the summer. I put together a 20 week plan for us to um, do the Scotia half marathon in October. And there we go. And the guy runs a 134 on his very first half marathon of his life in his first 21K. <laughs> incredible did you happen to run with him for that uh, i happen to be like um not even in visibility of the back of him i mean he was so far ahead of me i was just like i just in all honesty it's like the most humbling 
-hmm. and hardest thing to go through to like spend, you know, 15, 20 years of your life long distance running and then someone just <laughs> not even a year in is like, see ya at the end, I'll be there waiting for you. Yeah, that's real. It's real. <laughs> okay, and all through this, uh, you have also chosen to eat things differently. Yeah. When did that change come? Um, I've always been a vegetarian mm. and I was really, really trying to be vegan. And I would do really well. And then I would go on a spay neuter clinic in Dominican, staying at a hostel where, I mean, we're really in some, in some harder areas um, and couldn't find any food. So I would eat French fries. Mm. I would eat bread. Um, I lived off peanut butter. And then I would come home from these trips and I was sick and weak because I was still carrying on with my regular daily activities. Um, so I'd falter back and forth, but it just meant so much to me. Um, and then I can tell you the exact day. It's uh, July 31st, 2017. Um, my husband and I watch a documentary. Mm -hmm. um, and he says, tomorrow we're going vegan. All right. I will 100% support this. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. Like, this is the guy who's like... Everywhere we go in the world, it's got to try a burger and it's got to try the wings. Loves to spend a Saturday cooking up ribs for hours and hours on in the barbecue. Like in no way, not a meat eater. Um, and it's been well over a year now. We have been vegan, plant-based um, through every trip, through climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, through doing the West Coast Trail, through doing all these different things. Um, and we've never felt better. And not just physically, but emotionally, um, and actually feeling like I'm living into what I want my legacy to be, which is sustainability, giving back to the world, um, doing the doing things the way that I feel should be done. Hot damn, woman! Do you know what's so darn inspiring is to see? You know, you were into was it Spartan racing? Mm -hmm. Spartan racing when we met. And, and you've gone on to, you, I mean, you had a really fruitful, juicy career at Lululemon and in some respects, it's like, yeah, you know, you're at Lululemon, a yoga challenge for 30 days. You know, you can say that it's supported by working at a yoga company, quote unquote. I mean, you still have to show up for that, but this goes so far beyond and it's so not about Lululemon and 30 days of yoga. And the sweet dance of, of your husband and yourself in, in even discussing these things and not making anything bigger than it was. And most of all, just continuing to show up and show up for a documentary or show up for a five thirty run in minus 22 and all done in these like chunks that seem so digestible yet the change and the transformation is incredible. Do you feel like that? Um, I would say the biggest transformation for me is in never settling for things that I don't love or that we're not working towards together. And as cheesy as this is going to sound, because I know it will sound so cheesy, but I think it's when you find your person, when you find the human who is meant to be on this world with you, um, 
it's so easy to do the stuff that you love or that scare you or that aren't going to be easy because you're, you're working towards a common goal, even if you don't know it. You right. just support each other and love each other and care for each other and are real with each other um, through like the hard times and the good times. But it's, it's having my person. It really oh, has wow. made all the difference. That's incredible. So neat. So I have one last question for you before our Corker finale. Um, and you mentioned, you, you touched on it, you know, making smart life choices. And when you think of your legacy or, or even just your life 10 years from now, what are things that are really important to you based on these, you know, more recent life changes? And I mean, we should also add, but it could be a whole other podcast on how you rescue sweet dogs from around the world. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, there are definitely things that are so important to me, um, helping my son mm. become the man that he should be for him, doing the things that he loves, um, him living with the, with the idea that you can be anything and everything that you want and that you never have to settle, um, living true to, to who I am is like so important to me and not being afraid to stand for what I believe in. Mm. Saving dogs mm. making difference with dogs is so unbelievably important to me. And not just because I think dogs are amazing because I do. I mean, I yeah. could pet any dog anywhere and love them. <laughs> yeah. but it's what they do. They, yeah. they change people. They give people hope. They give people love. It's unconditional. It's without judgment. It's just the bond created between them is phenomenal. Um, and I want to make a difference. I want to teach people about health and sustainability and our climate and making a difference and standing for anything you believe in, no matter what it is, yeah. uh, and adventure. I mean, it's just so important to me to just continue to fulfill my love for adventure and traveling the world and meeting different people and being in different cultures. Ah, you're incredible. You're incredible. Um, I, I fear the clock is ticking and we must wrap. And our favorite last question is what is currently making your heartbeat faster? Oh, what is making my heartbeat faster? Um, I mean, really, it really is being the mom I need to be for my son. You know, he's 17. Yeah. He's getting ready to apply for his universities. Um, he knows what he wants to do. And I, and I, I just, it's so important for me to support him through that process and um, make sure that he fulfills everything he needs to live the life that he wants to lead. That, that, like, you know, that every day, I'm like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it? Am I saying the right things? Am I supporting him enough? And that's the stuff that really makes my, my heart go. Oh, of course you are. Of course. Cynthia, Soul Cycle is so lucky to have you. I feel so grateful that our paths crossed when they did. And I just want you to know from the other side of Canada, you inspire the heck out of me. And it was really cool to reconnect with you out here and, um, and just be reminded that one yoga class and one early morning run and one documentary can in fact change your life. So thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Until next time.